Today on the DML News Podcast, all eyes are on Iowa as the caucus begins. Who will come in first, second, and third? That's what we're going to talk about today, and it's all unfiltered. Dennis Michael Lynch gives you his word, and he will never let you down. He will always fight for America. The only one who really puts his money where his mouth is is Dennis Michael Lynch. Hello, I'm Dennis Michael Lynch, and I thank you for joining myself and Denny this morning. It is going to be one heck of a day for politics as the caucuses in Iowa kick off later today. Denny and I are with you here, and we're going to give our two cents and basically analysis of what is a caucus, how does it work, and what does it mean for each person, uh, for uh, Donald J. Trump. He is expected, just based on the polls alone, to dominate. So if that is going to happen, what happens with Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis? On the other side of things, if he doesn't dominate, and this is one of those times where the polls got it completely wrong, what does that mean? So Denny and I are going to go back and forth on that. Uh, before we start, we will ask Ryan. Ryan, do you have anything specific in my cup before I give it a shot? I have not tasted it yet. Yeah, so today I did a uh, frozen berry mix. So it has strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, um, and blackberries. And then it has banana, almond milk, Greek yogurt, and then a little bit of uh, honey. A lot of jazz. Really good. Yeah? All right. I'll, try, job, it. I'll try it in a second. I'm not just ready yet to uh, start drinking. Um, Dennis, the caucuses right now, uh, from what I'm seeing this morning, the weather in Iowa is the worst it's ever been on record, or at least it's heading in that direction. What do you got on that? Literally sub-zero temperatures. Yeah. Um, I would say our fellow conspiracy theorists believe that ARPA or DARP uh, have something behind it because of all times for this to be happening. It's kind of crazy. What, 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 what's ARPA and DARP? I, I have no idea what that is. Uh, they're like government military agencies that do uh, clandestine research. So I don't know if it's HARP or DARPA specifically, but one of the two has been suspected of weather manipulation, <laughs> kind of like with the chemtrails in the sky. So um <laughs> There, there are theories out there that they are coming in through to make sure people don't go out for Trump. That's, oh, that's good the, God! What that's are they the theory here? But, oh God! Uh, from everything I'm seeing, even with these you know, sub-zero temperatures, everyone who's planning to vote in that caucus, every Iowan that's going to be a delegate, they're they're planning to get out there. Um, I mean, as you know, and most of our audience probably does too, it's really down to Trump, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and. Know, somewhat Vivek, but at this point, Trump has an insanely commanding lead. Uh, Nikki Haley did uh, Trump over DeSantis recently in the Iowa primary like polling. I think she's at 17%. He's at 16%. Um, but from what I can see here, uh, we should start getting the results in live time starting at 7 p.m. Central Time. So 7 p.m. in Iowa is when they would start doing their vote count. Um, you know, I, I looked at polls here, too, and it shows, I mean, depending on what poll you have, I mean, there was one here I just looked at, it said 42% for Trump, 20% for Haley, 15% for um, DeSantis, but all the polls seem to say the same story. Trump is dominating, 
Nikki Haley has somehow, some way pulled ahead of, uh, of DeSantis, and then DeSantis pulling in third. So what I think may be an interesting play at this day, because I, you know one of the things that I've never liked doing, whether it was back on, I remember during uh, having my news Newsmax program, you know, we would do all these Tuesday shows because the primaries are mostly always on Tuesdays and Super Tuesday, whatever. And we'd have these shows and we'd just sit there and we would predict what would happen and predict what would happen. Now, for me, I turned out to be perfect because I always predicted Trump would win. And back in those those days, a lot of times, even people like Dick Morris used to come on my show and tell me I was out of my freaking mind. It was going to be uh, Senator Cruz. He'd lay out all his reasons why. And then when there was like nobody left, all of a sudden, Dick Morris became this big, huge Trump fan. And that's the way it was almost for everybody, even Hannity today. You know, he started off, he, he, nobody thought Trump. I thought Trump from the beginning. So it was an easy thing to do because I was always like, Trump, 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 Trump. And it was all predicting. But the, the predicting game, as far as I'm concerned, makes for a boring dialogue. I'm more interested in what the hell happens the next day. So if Trump dominates... If he really does score, uh, you know, at, at, at such a rate to where it says, what is Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis doing? I like, why are you even wasting your time? I wonder whether or not he doesn't start getting um, worse scrutiny from all these cases against him. That these prosecutors don't start taking up their cases I don't even know what they would be able to do, but there is going to be a bullseye on Trump's back. And I don't want us to use the words, but there's only, I mean, Tucker Carlson said this not so long ago. If they can't beat him in the courtroom and they can't beat him at the voter booth and they don't want him out there, there's only one thing left to do. And I I hope that he is taking that seriously and that he has got an incredible amount of security around him because there are such lunatics out there on, on the Democrat side where I would not be surprised if somebody is sort of thinking in that direction right now. And so I ask you to respond without even responding with the words. Um, yeah, look, I get, I get kind of worried too. Um, I think what's even more interesting than this caucus process, you know, we have been discussing for the Republicans, I should say, is that we've been discussing how, you know, I think the Democrats are even more hot water. They have a nightmare president right now that has terrible approval ratings. Mm. And when you look at what they're doing for their caucus, I mean, in the Republican side, you have people coming out even in cold weather. Um, you know, it's a in-person process. They're doing their whole thing. It's really just like a big uh, grandstand meeting today. And then they're having all their uh, um, votes come in as mail-in ballots because they had issues back in 2020 with their caucus. So, you know, I, I'm, I think it's, yeah, Biden, uh, Dean Phillips, and, you know, Marianne Williamson. But it's a little shocking to me that, you know, with I get it, he's an incumbent president, so it would be a little un, unorthodox, but he's also a walking corpse. And you would think that, the Democrats would have tried to shoe in, shoehorn in someone that could possibly be a better uh, possibility. It's not than the way they work. It's not the way they work. I mean, the one thing about the Democrats, I will say this right now, that they are evil. They are demented. 
They, uh, as I've said, each one of their brains should be, uh, you know, forced into an autopsy when they die. So this way we could try to figure out what makes the Democrat brain so broken. But man, they are viciously loyal. They are viciously loyal. If you're going to war and you got the choice of sitting in a foxhole with a Republican or a Democrat, you got to take the Democrat every single time. They are viciously loyal. And no, they're not going to. That's not the way it works. He's the president. Bad ratings or not, we're sticking with him. That's the way it goes. Ultimately, they they believe. I think I think the Democrats are licking their chops, baby. They, they I think they are watery happy because although I said in, in my opening statement here is that I've got concern that when you want to take somebody down and you've tried everything, there's only one thing left. That is for the psychotic side and uh, you know i don't know how many psychotics are out there uh but the ones who aren't psychotic they're laughing because they don't believe and i sort of align with them on this they don't believe that trump can win a national election and they love this they love seeing trump being at the front they say this is a victory for us again we'll deal with joe biden when we got to deal with Joe Biden, meaning if he's too senile, whatever maybe we'll replace him with Kamala, we'll replace him with somebody else. But for right now, our objective is not to make Joe win, it's to make Trump lose. It's a sad objective. I mean, we should just, we should be putting in the president that's going to get us out of, yeah, we, we had some uh, great Sunday op-eds yesterday. Um, on the app. From the, on, on the, the team, app, on from the, the team. Uh, I had talked about um, with my topic, you know, inflation with grocery prices. And you could see in the comments, like people are quite literally commenting, I am eating less because of Joe Biden's economy. And mm. I even for weight loss purposes, more just like, you know, going out and, and buying things. I mean, I just bought uh, some uh, smoothie makings for myself to do at home last night. Came out to over 50 bucks for when, when it was all said and done. For, so For smoothies. Though. For smoothies, yeah. So imagine like, you know, when you're feeding a, a five-member, six member family it's it's mm-hmm. you know everyone's going to try and vote with their wallets which is you know okay who is going to be the president that is going to make this fixed because i can't live like this for another four years well for one thing we know certain who is the president who made this broken and so you know it, but, but i go back to the thing about the democrats they are so demented their brains are so broken That as bad as things are today, where you cannot afford the basics like milk, eggs, chicken, etc., where fuel prices are still almost double where they were to Trump, where you look around the world and there is nothing but, uh, you know, unsettling, and you look at the border and it's a disaster. For some reason, the Democrats look at those things and they find nuggets of gold versus the rest of us who find a troubling situation where it's very hard for us to uh, live any kind of um, fruitful life because the American experience has been ripped to shreds through this guy. But getting back to Trump and these caucuses and you know um, and how it, it 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 works, do you actually have the details that you could explain to people on how a caucus works. And then we could kind of dive back into what happens to Trump, what happens to Nikki, what happens to Ron DeSantis based on where they position today. 
so there's a certain number of delegates in Iowa. And like I said, 7 p.m. is when those votes will start rolling through. In fact, we should see them like by the half hour mark. Um, if you're East Coast, it's about 8, 8.30. But you'll see them in live time. And I know that the Republican state chair said that, you know, because there's a big focus on making sure our elections on all fronts are going to be actually normal and accountable. Uh, he said they designed this two tabulation process to confront like you know if you vote trump you're going to have a second pop-up that says you're voting for trump there's no confusion if those two don't match up that's an invalid vote Mm -hmm. so we should hopefully before midnight fingers crossed see who actually came away winning that caucus and you know one of the big things about iowa obviously it's the first one uh new hampshire being the second but iowa really is the determinant of who's going to stick around and who's not. Now, prediction-wise, not going full in, but if we're looking at reality, like after tonight, there'd be no sense for Vivek to keep in. You'd just be wasting campaign cash. DeSantis, it's a little uh, iffy. There's been rumors that he would. There's been comments by him saying he would stay the course and continue on into the next As he should. As he he should. should. Uh, Haley, even if she doesn't come away tonight uh, winning, she says she's sticking in. And then obviously Trump with his commanding lead, this could be something where if the polls are right, he just sweeps away all these delegates. Well, let's let's make a couple of let, let, let's make a couple of um, I don't want to say predictions. Let's say a couple of storylines here. If Trump comes out tonight and he dominates in the sort of fashion that these polls reflect. It will be very hard for Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis to raise money for their campaigns. Nobody wants to throw good money at bad, all right? So if you've got Trump and he comes away tonight in just one of those Ronald Reagan-esque victories where nobody else has a chance to stand, I think both of them will hang on, but will campaign limited because they don't have the capital. But they have to hang on in the event that Trump has to let go because of the stuff that's going on with the criminal uh, things, as I mentioned. You know, once you check out, you check out. Mm -hmm. So there's no harm in these two other candidates holding on and just going through the process. Uh, You know, the record books are always going to show that Governor Kasich from Ohio, Governor Kasich, remember him? Yes, yeah. The, they're always going to show that he came in third place, that it was Trump, Cruz, then Kasich. But the only reason why Kasich came in third place was because everybody else dropped off. Yes. When you go back to the debates, Governor Kasich, who was not liked at all from the mainstream sort of normal person, you and I, I call us mainstream, and even though we're main, not mainstream media. He had the rhino label. He was the, yeah. yes, he, he was the Chris Christie of the crowd at that point. Yes. And- he, he didn't have a lot of capital. He wasn't going out and campaigning, but he was getting enough just to get on that stage. He hung on because he saw everybody else dropping off. He had no money to lose. He had nothing to lose. He never went out. And he stayed on there, and he stayed on there because you never know what can happen. And that's why it is that Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis would both hang on, and if no other reason, just maybe DeSantis goes back home and just does it from home. I have no idea. But they would both be stupid to let go and drop off with all that is surrounding Trump. I agree. I mean, especially because 
you kind of mentioned it and it was in one of my briefings last week and I had made a comment about it because when you really think about this in, in the sense of, wow, there really is a lot of money put into these campaigns, especially with television. I mean, think about what that money could honestly be used for elsewhere, but, um, and I could probably pull up the figures while we're talking here, but I, from what I had looked, like what Nikki Haley has been dropping in, in, in television advertising, it, it's astronomical. And you think about that, like all this money is being spent, and yet she's making little post movements based on the polling. Yeah. Well, you know, let, let's talk about Nikki Haley for one second. Right. So let's assume for the moment that um, Trump does win the caucus, whether he wins in big fashion or not. Nikki Haley is not dropping out of this race. Nikki Haley, unlike Ron DeSantis, has really put all of her eggs into New Hampshire. And I think her strategy sort of was, look, if I could just place in the top three of Iowa, I'm justified in staying the race. If I could get number one or two slot in New Hampshire, I'm justified in staying the race. And all of it's going to come back down to my home state of South Carolina. So if I can go top three, top two, Mm -hmm. number one, She's showing the kind of momentum that you would want to see from a candidate, meaning a rising star coming up, bubbling up to the top. And then it's sort of a a Trump, Nikki Haley race going forward. And she becomes the only alternative, if you will, to Trump. Plus, she's also a female. And I think there are a lot of females out there that as hurting as they may be, they just will not pull a lever for Trump. But they do want somebody who (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying this has conservative values, at least in their mind, or at least sold by them, because the last thing that Nikki Haley is is a conservative. But so they look at it and say, all right, well, I don't have to hold my nose for Trump. I've got somebody else. And oh, by the way, she's a woman. Right. Yeah. She's a facade. Anita had a great report about when Nikki Haley first entered, she didn't even know what she was going to be Democrat or Republican. And if you're already at, entered politics. Yeah. When she was entering, like, you know, what, what party was she going to align with and, and roll with it? So it just makes you wonder, is there an alternate universe where she went Democrat and she became the Democrat governor? Her influence and, was Hillary Clinton. Yes. And then, then you got Hillary Clinton. So to your point, um, I think out of everyone, she may see the long-term win here, maybe even more so than Trump, because to your right, if Trump even wins the nomination, he still has some hurdles to face. And, these uh, prosecutors and the cases that he's got going on, they're not playing with a full deck. I mean, the Fannie Willis lady mm. uh, just got revealed or accused of sleeping with one of her own other uh, prosecutors on her team. That's in Georgia. In Georgia, yeah. And she actually responded to that. You want to take a guess at what the theme of her response is? I, I'm, you know, I, we're probably just uh, being nasty that we're, she's black. and, and I'm a black woman. Yeah. We're imperfect. We stumble. That was her response at a black church congregation. So you got someone who's using their race card to justify, you know, bad actions. Letitia James, the New York one, just revealed she visited the White House three times over the summer. So it, it's so obvious at this point, this is all a game in the yeah. fact of just trying to get him out. Um, that's you know, why Alan, I, Alvin Bragg too. Like all these guys, they don't play with a full. Well, deck. that's Dennis. That's one of the reasons why you know I I I opened the show with saying that. Trump has a legitimate target on his back. And how far are they going to actually take that target practice? But going into back into, into with the Nikki Haley thing, 
I, I have to tell you that uh, I'm blown away that she's even getting, uh, that she's even placing. I, I, I'm so blown away. And on top of that, I'm so disappointed uh, in, in, I'm just so disappointed in people, to be quite honest, in, in, in the Republican Party and the conservative movement that they would even consider Nikki Haley because that is not a conservative by any stretch of the imagination. That is not even a Republican. That is a rhino. Well, DeSantis has had this one line zinger that he's kind of been over-repeating, but truthfully, it's it hits home. He keeps saying, you know, Trump is fighting for his issues, which I agree with. I think he does want to make America better, but there's no doubt that he wants to fix all the things that are coming his way legally. And then he says, you know, Nikki Haley is fighting for her donors' issues, which is true. Like, she is not going to answer to us. She's going to answer to the people that have made her into a millionaire, and then he ends that statement multi-millionaire. with multi-millionaire. Uh, and then he ends that statement with I'm fighting for your issues, which is true because I mean, we live in Florida and I've seen the good that DeSantis has done here. Um, I think maybe in terms of the disappointment factor, I can't believe how much of what he's done here somehow has not gone and translated on a national scale, especially being recognized as such. And look, part of it is from Trump slamming on him. Um, Trump just made a, 180 turn on Vivek this weekend too. Came out with the Truth Post saying, you know, Vivek's not part of the MAGA movement, and now that's divided some of his base of people. Like, oh, I thought Vivek could be VP. It's like Trump was never considering him for VP. It, it was, it, it, he was, but, he was having the Trump coattails of getting the MAGA supporting the two, but now that the caucus is here, he he he's stuffing him down. So I think that's what's happened to DeSantis's image is that you know Trump has had an influence on that. And uh, I think just some people around in DeSantis' campaign um, group have just not been the best in terms of uh, elevating him. Well, let's 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 take uh, you. You know, you bring up DeSantis. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, when we did our show, I don't remember exactly the date that it aired, but it was before Christmas. We did a show about 2023, and I told you that my political shock of the year was Ron DeSantis's fall. If you want to talk about it, if you want to call it a fall, it was shocking to me, shocking to me how poorly he was received out on the campaign trail. Now, if I'm going to do a little Monday morning quarterback, uh, I look at that and I say the biggest reason that happened was the Trump factor. Trump went after him. Trump understands how politics is played in this arena. Remember, he did it once before, right? He, he, he did it in 2016. He did it again in 2020, although 2020 didn't turn out too, uh, too, too, too well for us, uh, you know, with an asterisk, obviously. But he understands that you've got to come out right away. You've got to chop down your opponent You've got to give him nick, uh, nicknames. You've got to give him uh, a reputation, whether it is true or untrue. You've got to give it to them out of the gate and then keep on pounding it. And I, I, I've said this plenty of times, whether it's on this program or Facebook Live or just out with friends and, and, and what have you. The stigma, the reputation, the dirt that Trump has thrown onto Ron DeSantis is not 
only unfair, but it's untrue. And this is why I'm disappointed in people, because we have a guy in Ron DeSantis who is, as far as I'm concerned, the best governor of my lifetime. And we have been fortunate enough to live it. So it's not like we've read about it. It's we've lived it. And when you come from a liberal state like we did in New York, and then you come to a conservative state like you have in Florida, and then you actually have a super conservative governor and a legislature, and you see what this life can be like as an American in a state where freedom rings, it's like nothing you've ever seen. And why, why, why people would poo-poo that and try to make Ron DeSantis out as if he is a rhino or uh, part of the establishment, that is literally insane. The things that he has played out in this state, whether it is um, you know, constitutional carry, mandatory E-Verify, what he's done to Disney, how he cracked down on schools and won't let them talk about, you know, teach CRT and these different levels of sex education. I mean, the way that he responded to the major hurricanes, he had a bridge rebuilt in 17 days. Every single thing that he's done in this state, by and large, has turned out to be a promise kept and a success made. And it is certainly not something like the likes of Paul Ryan would want or support if it was legislation going into Washington, D.C. or anything at that level. The, the, the idiots who go online and say that he's establishment, he's George Soros, he got rid of George Soros DAs. Yeah. To, the people who say that are so brainwashed. Now, I'm not saying you have to support him. I'm not saying support him over Trump. You may be Trump forever and ever and ever, but to, to destroy this guy, and now that he's coming in third place to Nikki Haley, what is it about Nikki Haley exactly that you want? You want open borders? Because that's what you're going to get. You want to have wars? That's what she's going to give you. You want to have Paul Ryan, uh, 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 gov- uh, not Governor, Senator McCain, John McCain, Mitt Romney-like uh, laws and practices and principles and leadership? You're going to get that with Nikki Haley, you know, and that's where it's just it's baffling to me. So to hand it back over to you, I will say that if Ron DeSantis comes in third place today, which I don't believe he will, if he comes in third place today, he's going to come in third place in New Hampshire. He's going to come in third place in South Carolina. And I hope he holds on. He should hold on all the way to the end because you never know what happens. He, his influence on this state is. Pick your microphone up a little. Bit. His influence on this state is is magnificent. I mean, I, I during the op eds yesterday, I wrote a piece about will Florida stay red or turn blue? It will be red for decades to come. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't like you know you, you got your classic red states like Louisiana, for example, but Florida was purple. It was deep purple for a while, and you know when DeSantis was reelected and a lot of the policies put in. I mean, Democrats hardly invest in this state. They have no presence. You know, it, like Florida has basically become the Republican mecca. So, you know, DeSantis is the leader of that state. You would expect that he'd be higher up in the polling. He would be 
almost neck and neck with Trump at least. And yet that just really hasn't translated. And, and he has done great when it came to COVID. He's gotten a lot of conservative movement here and a lot of other big conservative stars have come out of this state. So with his influence, the fact that it's not translating nationally, um, to your point, like he's done the groundwork in Iowa, so maybe he comes away better than what polls are showing. But following that, I don't know what, what his play is going to be. And just to really quick, you know, with everyone being so Trump lovey, I had asked in a poll should, uh, last week, should DeSantis become Trump's running mate if they were able to, you know, bury the hatchet and get past it? You had 52% saying no, 39% saying yes, and 8% saying unsure. That's translated from him, meaning Trump, beating on him so much that he's now got this image for any Republican that doesn't live in Florida. That's how they view him now. You know, um, I go back and say the master marketing of Trump is unmatched. Um, And he understands how to play the game. You talk about Vivek. Uh, I just went out to dinner a couple of nights ago with a couple who really good friends with. And they were saying, do you think, you know, Trump said he's, he knows who his VP. You think it's Vivek? And I said, no, it's not Vivek. And they said, why not? We love Vivek. I'm like, really? You love Vivek? Oh yeah. And, and they went down the whole thing. I said, wow, man, this guy really sold them a used car. And, uh, I just said, look, he's not electable. And the guy said, why? Cause he's Indian. I said, yeah, cause he's Indian. The country's not ready yet to, to hire an Indian guy as president, let alone vice president. I'll even add to that really quick because let's say Vivek was Victor. To your point, um, he has been shown to have lift paragraphs and passages from Obama's speeches. He has flip-flopped on January 6th so many different times. He does make some of and again, like I don't want to beat him too much because there are things that I agree that he says, but then it comes down to how much of it is a charlatan act because he knows this is what people want to hear. It's all a, it's all an act. Yeah. You go back and you look at his tweets about how it is that he wanted you to take a vaccine and put a mask on if you were going to be responsible. And then he tried to make it sound like, oh, yeah, no, he was just going based on the data. My ass. He believed it. And then he was trying to retract it. So I, I, I never bought this guy's bullshit. All right. Never. But regardless of the fact, you know, when when they said about Trump picking him, I said, there's no way. And they said, is it because he's Indian? And I said, yeah. And I said, that's the number one reason. Number two reason, and will probably be the number one reason for Trump, is that he's not going to let anybody steal any no. of the light from him. Yep. He's so too much of a spotlight stealer. He's too much. You, you're going to take any spotlight from me? You're going to say Vivek is uh, better, uh, better at speaking publicly than me? You're going to say that he's got better one-liners than me? No, 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 no. We don't need him. And on top of that, Vivek doesn't bring you anything. You know, Vivek brings you nothing. I, he doesn't bring you delegates. He doesn't bring you a state. He doesn't bring you a voting block, you know, like with Pence. The reason why Trump picked Pence was twofold. Number one, well, actually, I should say threefold. Um, and you could decide which one you think was the, the more so. One was Pence had a very, very deep uh, set of relationships with all of Washington, D.C., because he had already been there. He had been there in Congress. He was a very popular governor. All right. Number two is because he brought the evangelicals and you cannot win unless you have the evangelicals. And number three is because Trump, at the end of the day, has got a lousy track record as a human being when it comes to uh hanging out with the wrong people, 
doing what he's done with his wives. Mike Pence softened that. So that's why he picked Pence. Now, at this point in time, nobody really cares anymore about what Trump did to his wives or who he slept with or who he paid off in terms of a porn star. They just want to have more money in their pocket. They just want the wars to stop. They just want the inflation to go down. And if this guy is, you know, a, a, a complete mess in his own personal life, so be it. But when it comes to running the country, I like the way my life was when he was in office. I want that back. That's why I think he has um, dominated the storyline of Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis's storyline here in Florida is that of a booklet that you would hand to somebody and say, you want to be governor, you want to get things the way you want them, follow what it is Ron DeSantis did. That's the blueprint for success. But it never, ever gained traction A, because he allowed Trump to beat the crap out of him early and he never put his glass. That's where I didn't get to finish my statement. He never punched back. You know, Trump literally punched down at DeSantis and DeSantis just went like this. He he covered up like the little, I'm not going to hit back. Why are you hitting me? I'm not going to hit you. Why are you hitting me? And when you do that, that looks weak. And although people may feel bad for you, Nobody wants a weak-looking leader. They've all done it. I mean, even Vivek, with him getting attacked this weekend, his response was like, I'm not going to engage with it because he's trying to still placate. He wants to get himself a spot yes, in, 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 the in, Trump the, in the Trump administration. I was say, the only one, God, give him somewhat of the credit for it, the only one who I guess would actually fight back is Christie. But, you know, he's a fat slob that no one can trust. Yeah, but so. see, but see that, that's even... Look, half the country are fat, you know, is, is fat. We're the fattest country on earth. So... When I look at that, that's where I lose my that's where I lose my faith in people sometimes because I don't like Chris Christie. Yes, he's a rhino. Yes, he. As far as I'm concerned, I can never get past the hug that he gave to Barack Obama during uh, Sandy Hurricane Sandy. But you're right; he fought back. And if but he but he was so disliked it didn't matter. If DeSantis would have taken two punches and thrown him at Trump for his one, he would be in this in a different situation. People would have looked. But when you don't say anything, and you just crawl up in a ball and hope that the punches stop, you have basically just devoured yourself politically in a primary. Now, the second thing, and this is what concerns me as well, and I say, why did he do this on a campaign level but doesn't do this on the, on his, you know, in, in his governorship? The people that he picked to run his campaign were were horrible. The messaging was horrible. The strategy was horrible. Everything was horrible. At the same time, you may be too young because it happened in 2012. There was a guy from Pennsylvania. His name was Senator Rick Santorum. Rick Santorum had absolutely no chance at getting anywhere Uh from the standpoint of he wasn't popular, he wasn't a real personality, he wasn't a guy that you saw on television all the time, but he wanted to run for president. His strategy was, let me go visit all 99 counties in Iowa. Nobody was covering it, nobody even noticed it. You know, it was all Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney, and then all of a sudden, on the day of the caucus, it's Rick Santorum. 
wow, where did this guy come from? And all of a sudden, he was in second place. He went from somebody who wasn't being paid attention to at the end of the debates, maybe getting one or two sentences every debate, all of a sudden now was standing in the middle of the in the middle of debates, you know, was standing in the middle. He was all of a sudden Mr. Popular, and he carried that a long way. Ultimately, he didn't have enough in his bag to win, but Ron DeSantis has gone down that same path. And this is my little warning to people. These polls have to be taken with a grain of salt. If the polls were correct, two things would be in play. A, Hillary Clinton would have been the president of the United States in 2016, yep. and Donald J. Trump would have been the president of this, uh, of, again, in 2020. Now, 2020 comes with an asterisk, obviously. But I think it was underestimated how many votes Biden would get just alone, not because it was a vote for Biden, but because it was a vote against Trump, mm-hmm. which is the same thing you're seeing happen now. Nikki Haley is not so much a vote for Nikki Haley. It's a vote against Trump. And if you look at Trump and you look at DeSantis and you take the BS out of the equation, DeSantis is Trump, but without the crazy tweets, without the, uh, you know, flaring his hair and flaring his arms all over the place, he is a quiet version of Trump in the sense that he takes no BS, except for, of course, when Trump gives it to him, and he, he, he rules his nest like a conservative should rule his nest. And I think when people are looking at Nikki Haley, they say she's the alternative to Trump. And, of course, DeSantis, who is a you know, far-right, far-right conservative. And, and that's why Nikki Haley's still in the game. But going back to what you had said about Trump, Vivek, Trump, DeSantis— there will never, ever, ever be a Trump-DeSantis union, ever, because they soiled it too, 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 too dirty. DeSantis is a good man who is not going to look the other way for the things that Trump has said about him and his family. And therefore, he'll go back to, to, to Florida and he'll reevaluate whether or not he'll do this again in four years, which I think he probably will. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to be smart. He's going to support Trump. And say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm behind him. Is he going to rally with him? I don't know if he rallies with him. But at the end of the day, he will support Trump. That's the difference between DeSantis and Trump. DeSantis will support Trump for the, for the betterment of conservatism and the country. Trump would never do the same. And that, to me, uh, I'm going to vote for Trump. This will be the third time I do it. I'm going to support him. I'm going to scream at the top of my lungs. I'll go on Facebook Live. I'll do everything I can to get him elected. But at the end of the day, this country has missed a golden opportunity with Ron DeSantis. Yeah, you know, just to, to wrap things up, I think that is a little bit of a morose outlook in the sense of, because you're right, like when, when he scored the nomination in 2016, there were still Republicans, big-time Republicans like Cruz and all that, that, you know, it's like they'll give the support, but they won't rally behind him. But there was more rallying within that base because like, all right, this is something new. You know, he got it. See what happens. Now I think it's, more so the will support him, but gosh, is this really going to change anything compared to those that are rallying? So I guess my point is there was more rally in, in 2016. There's less of that now. So it's more of just like obligatory support. I, look, I'm, I'm, uh, I, my commentary may sound different, um, but I'm going to come back and say the same thing. I, I, from a political standpoint, from getting things done, 
And by not being showered with the information that I only want to see, um, you know, I, I, look, Trump uh, did terrible when it comes to the national debt. He did terrible at the border. He did horrifically with COVID. He supported um, Fauci, gave him a medal on his way out of office. I mean, I just shake my head here and I say, my goodness gracious, you know, what the, what the hell with some of these things? Granted, the economy was kicking and it was doing great, but these other things are real problems too, and he didn't really do well with them. And I, at the same time is, I'm, I'm all in for Trump. He's the nominee. I'm all in for Trump. I'd rather see him in there 10 times over than Biden or any Democrat for that matter. But I am a realist in the sense that I don't see his path to victory because the Democrats will do anything and everything to keep him out. They don't have the vengeance they have for Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis like they do for Donald Trump. There's something just different about Trump when it comes to the Democrats, and they don't want him around. I think one of the reasons why they don't want him around is because they're afraid of what he's going to do when he comes back. It is He's going to go after them. So I don't know. I mean, if you take a look at Trump's 2016 victory, that was it. He lost 2018. We, we, we had the majority. We lost it. He lost 2020. And then we lost the 2022 midterms. So what makes us think differently that we're going to win this election this time? What, because the polls say that he's beating Biden a little bit? Well, the polls say that Hillary was beating Trump. And the polls were saying that he was dominating Biden in 2020. So somebody... Please tell me how this is going to change. Don't tell me because it's your wallet and because people are feeling the pain or whatever it may be. Listen, they were feeling the victory in 2020. They were feeling the victory in 2018. Why didn't they vote for him? People in this country are not using uh, their brains anymore. They're just not using their brains anymore. It's it's more emotion than anything else. And emotion could be coming from the amount of uh, social media uh, that people take in, I, I, or they just start to believe everything they hear in the mainstream media. I don't know what it is, but I do not go into uh, this election with a whole lot of confidence that we're going to be able to um, take whoever it is that we want and be able to beat the other team simply because the other team is willing to do anything and everything it takes to win, and the GOP is not. Uh well, you know, hopefully, I mean, I, we always kind of say whoever gets it, I'll still vote for them over Biden. But I'm hoping in my lifetime it can be beyond that. Like the actual best candidate is the one that's, you know, being selected. Well, yeah, I mean, when you think about Florida here for a second, you know, we're going to lose Ron DeSantis. Uh, you, you asked the question before, you know, will Florida turn blue? I don't think Florida turns blue for a very, very long time. First of all is we are not a border state like Texas, Arizona, or California. So the flooding of the illegal aliens is only coming in here so much. Um, although we do get our fair share of boats coming in, but it's yeah. not to the level of what we're seeing in these. I mean, you got a bigger chance of Texas turning blue than you do Florida turning blue. The other thing is, is that because of Ron DeSantis, right, the books will show this, uh, people migrated like us. To Florida. I mean, do you know how many years? I don't know if you remember this as a kid. How many years I was going after your mother to move to Florida and she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't do it. It wasn't until COVID that she finally said, okay. And Ron DeSantis that she said, okay. And now she sits there and says, oh my God, this is great. We should have done this a long time ago, but I'm one of many 
migrated to Florida and made the tilt in the voter block much more red than it was before we got here. So we have a, a, a huge, huge advantage for that for at least a long period of time. The other thing, too, is that we have DeSantis-like characters in terms of their conservatism lined up in this state for the next one. I mean, we got to get through 2024, and I don't want to skip too far ahead. And you know, my thought is, yes, Trump is going to dominate this thing, and let's see what happens. And these other two... From a strategic standpoint, both DeSantis and Nikki Haley should hold on all the way to the end, really. But if you look at Florida, what we've got coming up, and I'll and I'll just ring out some names here. None of these people have said they're going to run for for governor, but just a couple of names here. Matt Gates is definitely going to try to run for governor, and he is uber conservative. I don't like him one iota, but he's uber conservative. And he would get the support of Donald J. Trump, I'm pretty certain, unless Don Jr. was to run for governor. Then he's going to get his father's support. And Don Jr. is extremely conservative. Another one is Byron Donalds, uh, the the black guy out of Naples. Uh, He's always on Fox News. Sean Hannity just moved to Florida. If you don't think that has something to do with politics, uh, wake up. Uh, You got somebody like myself. If, if I saw that there was nobody else in there, I'd say to your mother, I'm running for governor. There's no way I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's just the short list. There's so many other people who are highly conservative who would take the um, the agenda that, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis put in place and bring it further and better. I mean, two things in this state that need mass improvement that uh, he failed on uh, in terms of when I say Ron DeSantis. Property taxes have gone skyrocketed, and it doesn't need to be that way. We have a huge surplus of, of, of capital coming in, so that is a problem. And then insurance in this state is off the wall crazy. Mm-hmm. And so he hasn't really done a whole lot to fix those two things, and some of it is because he's out campaigning. In fact, when I, and I'll, I'll, I'll go in long, so I'll shut up now, but when we went to dinner the other night, and we were, you know, th- these people are all in Trump. And we were talking about DeSantis. Uh, my one friend said, I'm very disappointed in him that he ran for president at this time because it really should have been Trump. But I'm more disappointed in the fact that I feel as if he's left our state naked while he's been out there going to 99 counties. And I will say this, Dennis, of the three people that you just met, that we're mentioning here, Trump, DeSantis, Nikki Haley. Trump has nothing going on in his life other than these lawsuits, and that's really his lawyers are taking care of all that. So he doesn't really have all that much more to manage. His kids and his staff are running his businesses. Nikki Haley is running a campaign, and she has nothing else to do with herself. This guy, DeSantis, is running a major state at the same time of trying to run a major campaign, and that could be another reason why he never really was able to get his campaign off the ground like we all thought he would. Last statement goes to you. Yeah, when you, when you have to do a balance of uh, running an entire state, not to mention probably the uh, golden crop of the Republican states, and then also campaign in a totally other side of the country state and hope that you can get past the man that's 50% lead according to polls. Uh, it, it, I'll say this. If he obviously, or I won't, I won't say obviously, if he doesn't get the nomination, a benefit to look at is that we still at least get 
what four more years, right, of him or through, right? Because he got DeSantis. of DeSantis because he got reelected. Uh, it's twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's two more years. Two more years. By so, the time this is all over, two more years. Twenty twenty six is when he's out. Right, right. So yeah. two more years of DeSantis at least leading Florida and hopefully finding a uh, protege to uh, take the the reins from him. Well, I think one of the things you could bank on is that if DeSantis does indeed lose and is not part of the Trump administration and is not a vice president, uh, you know, on the ticket with him, he's going to come back to Florida and he's going to do two things for certain. Number one is he's going to fix whatever is here broken because he's going to want to set his legacy here in Florida as the greatest governor. I mean, he's going to want bridges to be named the Ron DeSantis bridge. And then the second thing is, is that he's got to look at the future. And, you know, he he knows that in 2028, there could be another shot. If you're going to run in 2028, you really start doing the work in 2026. So what better thing to do than say, hey, I supported Trump. I helped him. I helped him win after he took the nomination. And look what I did with Florida for the last two years. I lowered this. I lowered that. I increased this. I increased that all in good directions. So he's going to want to finish off his scorecard in a really positive uh, direction with a lot of momentum. And um, I think that he would be well positioned to be a, a good candidate in 2028. Although I do truly believe that because he ran this time and he's getting his ass kicked the way he is, he would never have a ch- chance again. I never think you, you're not going to be able to clean up what happened in aisle four uh, on this particular run. All right, that's it for Denny and I. Uh, tomorrow, obviously, we'll be with you and we're going to give you the results of what happened at the caucus. We'll give you an analysis and everything else. Uh, maybe we'll talk about a couple other topics as well. I mean, there's one topic I do want to talk about heavily. It's that Rumble who we use is uh, being investigated right now from the uh, SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, uh, for what I've read uh, from a couple of different articles about whether or not they inflated their numbers, their play counts and stuff of that nature. So uh, stay tuned on that. That's that's something that's just starting to percolate, and it's a very interesting story, if nothing else. And the stock has been pummeled. Uh, I mean, it has dropped like a rock in a pond. And I can tell you as a shareholder, I'm not very happy about that. But anyway, that's one of the things. And then uh, in addition to that, we've got... Uh, a bunch of different things coming up real soon. I'm not going to bog you down with it now. Just make sure you download the DML News app and we'll be good to go. All right. Until the next time, may God bless you, our troops, your entire family, all the candidates in these United States. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day, everybody. Get the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast every day by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and download the DML News app from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store for breaking news, merchandise, films, exclusive content, and Team DML.